0: Thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. familiar story today on a guy named Nicodemus. We know Nicodemus well. Uh, as we look at Nicodemus, I think you're going to see Nicodemus uh, in a different light today. Okay? Um, we are going through that series, not a fan. Today's simple message is a decision or a commitment. That, that's kind of where we're at. That's where we're at as a church and as a people. You, you've got those who've made a decision and then those who made a commitment. Okay? you got fan and you got follower. And we're going to look at this because Nicodemus, I, it, he, he just epitomizes that phrase right there, a decision or a commitment. And you're going to see him, I think, different than you've ever seen him before, because he's only known by simple question that that he gives Jesus, and Jesus says, you must be born again. And that's kind of what we know of Nicodemus, but there's so much more of him, okay? And we're going to look at that. I want you to understand something about Nicodemus before we jump into it. Nicodemus was um, a Jewish leader, a religious leader. He's a pack of Sanhedrins who, uh, 72 of them that sit, on this court, or are these leaders? Okay, he is one of seventy-two. Okay, now these dudes had power. Okay, you—they you, could make you. You know, somebody said, well, "Have you seen so and so?" Oh, he uh, went away. I mean, they could make you disappear. Okay, they had a lot of power. Okay, he was once here, but now he's gone. Kind of people. I mean, he can make you disappear. Okay, had a lot of power today. In, in, in reference to, to to Nicodemus, not that these dudes do this, but but senators and uh, congressmen is kind of the, if you want to take it today, he's kind of one of those cats, okay? He's kind of one of those dudes, okay? And so Nicodemus, though, was one of the upper echelons of these guys, okay? Uh, so this is who he is. I, you have to understand that before you see his life unfold before you. Because if you don't know this ahead of time, what he does is not as as significant, okay? So let's jump in to chapter 3. Look at verse 1 of John chapter 3. It says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher that has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter the second time until his mother's womb may be born. And Jesus answered him, I am tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water. And of the spirit, the flesh gives birth to flesh, and the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Now, that's the encounter you have with Nicodemus. And what you see with Nicodemus is, Nicodemus is caught in this little trap right here between religion and relationship. Nicodemus can quote the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. He, he quote that. I mean, he, he he grew up a good little boy, and he knows that stuff. Okay, he's extremely religious. I mean, he sits on the religious council. Okay, I mean, you are like, I mean, he got he, he's a gold star religious dude. Okay, so he knows religion, but what he's what he's he's seeking more than that. And we've all been there, where you. Well, you do the big church thing, but but you've been in church, and when you're in church and then you're in worship, all of a sudden you just feel this little knock at your heart. And Jesus says in his word that no man will be saved unless I draw him to me. And that little knock is the Holy Spirit drawing you from religion to relationship. It's when he says, I no longer want you to understand that this is my big church and you go to church there. I want you to become church. I want you to become saved so when I come back, I get you. You're my church. And here's where he finds himself. And to understand something, interesting in this is the time that he came to Jesus. When did he come? Look at verse 2. Just circle when he came. He came at night, didn't he? Why would a guy like that come at night? He's scared, man. He's scared. I mean, he sits on a council of 72 people, men, okay, with power. Now, at that time, they don't like this Jesus stuff. He's going around teaching and healing, turning water into wine, all kind of stuff like that. No, we ain't doing all this stuff. No. You want wine, go buy wine. All right? We ain't doing the water-wine deal. Okay? Now, you don't get it for free, dude. Okay? And so, you can't pay the water price and get the wine taste. Okay? And so, they don't like any of this that's going on. And their whole bent here in a little bit is to do away with Jesus. But Nicodemus... There's something in him that that is different than those other ones. Or the other 71 don't have the guts that Nicodemus has. You say, well, he went at night. He's not very, <laughs> that doesn't take a lot of courage. He sneaks around, hiding. No, still takes guts. He came to Jesus. Why'd he come at night? Man, look at what what, what happened if he came during the day and somebody saw him. Somebody might peg him as a, a follower of Jesus. <laughs> Terrible, all right? I mean that'd be terrible. Could, what if he sits down on that council meeting and one of the dudes right after the opening prayer, that is, if they pray, says, Hey man, I saw you talking to Jesus the other day. I don't know that Nicodemus had a twin. We don't read that he did. So he couldn't pan that off on his twin brother or something. So he don't want to be found out. Kind of that secret Christian. I, I prayed once and received Christ, I'm going to heaven, but you know, I don't get all radical or anything. Secret, okay? Kind of like that guy that scored that touchdown in the Florida State game at Clemson Stadium. 107 people. He scores a touchdown. He gets in the end zone, the crowd, you know, going nuts, and he goes, Shh. Be quiet, crowd. I'm Florida State. You're Clemson. Y'all know what you're hearing about. Y'all need to be real quiet. right? So that's what he wants. He wants to be real quiet about the whole thing. Okay? How many of us? Same way. How many people. On a daily basis, at your work, know you love Jesus. Now, I'm not, not in say, do they know you go to church? That's not what I'm asking. I'm not asking that. How many people, Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, how do your work schedule is? Work beside you, with you, for, for a long time, okay? And they know you love Jesus. Then in a five-minute conversation, they can't have it with you without you saying something about Jesus or the Word. That you're so in love with Him, that's what you want to talk about. You see, you talk to me very long, I'm going to talk about my wife. All right? You talk to me very long, I'm going to talk about my kids. You talk to me very long, I'm going to talk about my church. Why? Compassionate about those people. All right? Are you so passionate about Jesus? That the people around you know that? Do they? Has following Jesus ever cost you anything? Has it? Has following Jesus ever interfered with your life? Ever? You see what Nicodemus doesn't want to have happen here? He doesn't want it to interfere with his life, does he? He wants to follow Jesus, but at his... Arrangement at night. No one's looking. None of my my peers see me. Okay? Nicodemus is hung between believe and follow. I want you to listen to this. Imagine going to a wedding, watching a groom at his wedding day. Look at his beautiful bride. With tears in his eyes, he speaks these words of devotion. Devotion. Forsaking all others until we are parted by death. You're moved by his words. The decision makes your eyes tear up. But imagine the next week you find out that while the newlyweds were away on their honeymoon, the groom was unfaithful to his bride. Suddenly, these words will hold no value, they would be worthless you would conclude that those words he emotionally expressed in public declared meant little because they were not validated by faithful commitment. We tend to define belief as acceptance of something as real or true, but biblical belief is more than just intellectual acceptance or heartfelt acknowledge. It's commitment to follow. Following, by definition, requires more than just, uh, I'm sorry, following, definition, requires more than mental assessment. It calls for movement. One reason our churches can be fan factories is that we have separated the message between believe and the message to follow. After separating these two messages, they get out of balance, and in return, our churches get out of balance. You see, my friends, I stand at a really tough spot as your pastor. Because I don't pastor people I don't know. I pastor people I high five Friday night at a football game. Right? I high five my church at football games. On Sundays, I must speak on sin. <laughs> Woo! That's a tough spot. Because everybody wants to be told what? oh, you're right, you're good, you you never make a mistake. You're perfect just the way you are, all right? And so what happens is we all want to be just, you know, loved on with, with stuff like that. But when you preach the Word of God, you're going to preach on sin. And when you preach on sin, you run the risk of what? Someone not liking you. Not liking you. See, if I was a pastor to just fly in here on Saturday, and preach, and then fly back afterwards, you say whatever you want to say, because I only know you from high and by, all right? But when you're the pastor of people you do life with, it's totally different. And what, what happens as a pastor is, if you, you get to know people, you don't want to preach anything that would offend them. You don't want to say anything that might sound hard. Because they may not like you, and you may be at the football game and high-fiving yourself. right? And that's not much fun. And so what happens, the trap is that Nicodemus wants to be, he wants to hear all the good stuff about him. But he doesn't want to hear, you must be born again. Well, that would mean that what's born is bad. (laughs) Yes. What's born is bad. right? but Jesus died so you that's born bad can be reborn good. Well, I think I'm good. Everybody tells me I'm really good. Well, they're lying, okay? They're just lying. They're telling you what you want to hear to keep your friendship, okay? You're not good. You're bad, and your heart's worse, but they don't see it all the time. Just those get close to you see it, okay? Your heart's your heart's throwing up and it hurts everybody around you. Okay? So here's the deal. You need to be born again. And this is the encounter of Jesus, the rabbi, and Nicodemus, the religious cat that knows the first five books of the Bible, the to Torah, like you and I know, you know, Facebook. Not me. Okay. But y'all. All right. But that's that's the deal. I mean, he knows the stuff. So he can answer it. If Jesus threw out a whole bunch of questions in the Bible, man, he'd nail them. What's interesting, Jesus doesn't go there. He didn't go there. He says, hey, Nicodemus, you got to be born again. Is that in the Torah? I'm sorry. What page? That ain't not in the Torah. It must, he messed him up. And that's Jesus. He wants to take him from the fan to the follower. Okay? That's where he wants to take him. Brett, throw that. All this, throw a couple more. I'll skip the first two slides. Go to the third one, bud. One more. Sorry. There you are. Belief versus follow. That's where we're at. That's where Nicodemus is at. All right? Go to the next one, Brett. To truly believe is to follow. See, the Bible doesn't separate the two of them. And see, Jesus knows this, but Nicodemus doesn't. He can't separate the two, okay? If you look at Scripture in the life of Christ, to believe, believe in me is is in there five times. Follow me is in there more than 20. What gets precedence? We want to say just believe, but Jesus tells us that even demons believe and shudder. But demons aren't following Jesus. No, he cast them away. All right? I want you to go to uh, John 7. This is about to get real interested on Nicodemus, and probably you've not seen this before, and that's good. All right, so you got Nicodemus. He's on the Sanhedrin court. He's a big wig. He's got all these, you know, gurus around him. But he's a seeker. He knows there's more to Jesus than what he's heard. All right? And he really, 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 really wants to know Jesus. But he is in a tough spot because he can't get, he can't let anybody see him at all. Okay? And so in verse 6, in verse 3, you see the encounter. 4, 5, and 6, Jesus continues to do miracles. Now we're in In chapter 7, I want you to look at verse 50. So so let me set the table. There's 72 of them around this round table. That's a big table, all right? They're in this court. The, The only thing on trial here is Jesus. That's it. They've got to find a way to hush him out, hush him up, and throw him out, okay? Here's the encounter. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number. Boy, that's big. Look what he says. Does our law condemn anyone without first hearing him and finding out what he is doing? Let me help you with this. They are all in here, 72 of them. All right? They're ready to get him. They're going. I mean, they want to kill him. They want to throw him out of town. They've had enough of this stuff. Everybody is speaking negative and they've already made the decision and Nicodemus is sitting there. I mean, that cat is so uncomfortable because there is a deep yearning to go from religion to relationship. He knows he needs to say something here. If he doesn't speak up right now, they're going to get him. They're going to get Jesus. This be born again is just Whooping him in his head. And Nicodemus, he doesn't go all in at the table, but he pushes quite a bit of chips to the middle. Amen. He, he's not got all of it in there. I mean, he's got that Jesus T-shirt on, but it's inside out. That okay with y'all? He's like, what words? <laughs> I do words on my shirt. Uh, he's, he's, he wants to, but man, think about this. There's 72 of these dudes, 71 of these dudes. What what man, you and I have a tough time when we're just with one buddy. Friday night. Me and a buddy. He wants to go. He says this, and I don't want to. You can't play your mom card. My mom won't let me. Dude, you're 17, all right? Okay, fine. I don't want to go because I love Jesus, and you shouldn't either. See, that's a whole, no, nah, that that's huge shift, my friend. The mama card, that's all right, but don't play the Jesus card on Friday night. See, that's totally different right there. I mean, that's when they grabbed the bike for karaoke and say, that dude, man, he didn't play just a mom card. He played a Jesus card. Get him out of here. You can't come to our party. And I don't care if you came to drive everybody drunk home. You still can't come. That's totally different. Totally different. Instead of being at work and it's lunch, and you laugh at all the dirty jokes about all the other people's wives and stuff, No, you're not participating anymore because now you go to church, and so you don't talk about your wife, but you laugh at them. Now when they do it, you stand up and you say, no, the Word says that we should love our wives as Christ loved the church, and there is no way to talk about your wife. Dude, shift change could be your last shift change. You know what I mean? It totally changes everything. He's, he is hung right here. Eternity is like stopped. And Nicodemus knows, man, he's got one second right here to say something. And it doesn't sound like much, but it is. Look at their reply. They replied, are you from Galilee too? Mm-mm. is Jesus from? From Nazareth, in Galilee. They don't like Jesus. I don't like him at all. It's kind of like saying, there's like a saying back then. Can anything good come from, from Nazareth? You know, it's like if you don't like people from Pampa. Anything good come from Pampa? You know? I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have played a different card, huh? Hey, but you see, y'all don't look at Daryl like that. Daryl's a doctor, man. Y'all leave him alone. So, so here's the deal. It doesn't seem like much of an insult to you and me, but that's a major insult. That's that's in his face. That's major in his face. That means he's sitting there, and they said, just kind of, <laughs> you you from Galilee too, dude? It's like, oh, now, now you want to stand up for the little carpenter, huh? Oh, the little, little teacher dude, little dog and pony show. Now you want to be from his hometown, huh? Now you now you want to ride around with him and cruise and wave at everybody 11 times on Friday night, huh? See, now I'm telling you, he's not all in, but he's stuck his neck out. And I'm going to tell you something about Nicodemus at this point. That dude can't go back. You just can't go back now. He just can't go back. There's some of you in this room. That you started going to church before your spouse went. And when you first said, whether you go or not, I'm going. I'm going to take the kids. You can't go back. You go back, they win. Isn't that right? Once you you decide, you're in. And I'm going to tell you what God usually does on that. You look up and spouse is coming too. And then God changes your family. And then God changes the next generation and the next generation. Why? Because you stuck your neck out the first time and knew you couldn't go back. You became no longer a fan. Baby, now you're a follower. And God will honor that every time. Now, here we are. Okay, here he is. 72, 71 people look at him. He makes a statement. Now, I want you to see something. Go to chapter 19. John 19, I know, y'all thinking about that brisket. Hang on. Hang on. This is, this, this is going to make the brisket better, okay? Verse 38 of John's Gospel, 19. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus. Watch this. But secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. Verse 39. Boy, y'all need to write write all over your Bible. He was accompanied by Nicodemus. Mm. The man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and olives, olives, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with spices and strips of linen. This was according to the Jewish burial custom. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there row buddy, that Jesus T-shirt just got put inside out. I love Jesus. Got a smiley face. He got the hat. He got the fish on the back of his donkey. I mean, he is, he is in, dude. You know what I mean? He's in. Let me say something. He doesn't just go in. He's all in. Because Nicodemus is wealthy, dude. He's wealthy. He gave up money. He bought the spices. He didn't just go to church when we were having brisket. He brought the brisket. All right? He's really, really a big member. Okay? So, so here's the deal. He is major, major shift from coming to Jesus at night shh, to two people putting spices on there. wrapped. His body, the body that just came off the cross. Hmm, dude, oh my, you're talking about a pendulum switch. Huge, wraps him, wraps linens around him, and they, those two, put him in the tomb. Huge difference, huge difference. Here's what I want you to understand. When you're a fan, you're not going to get dirty. Not going to cost you much, man. You can leave at halftime. Got no skin in the game. It doesn't. But, buddy, when you're a follower, it's big. Nicodemus has went from the dude at night to the dude that laid the king in the tomb. Wow. Brett, pop those up real quick. Those last, i got to hurry. I may want Christ, but to be crucified? Mm. I may want to be in Christ, but to be inconvenienced? I may want to be rescued, but to be refined? Mm. My word to God, it has been a divided word, yes and no. And a heart divided against him cannot stand. And he who lives by the forked tongue to God pierces his own heart. Mm. But every moment my inner heart is saying no to the God of the universe, I am saying yes to the enemy of my soul. We are always saying yes to someone. Mm. Nicodemus decided I will no longer, no longer say yes to the demons of this world. I'm going to say yes to my king. Where are you at today? Are you the Nicodemus in chapter 3? That's just far enough. I'll come at night. I don't want anybody to know. Are you the Nicodemus in 19? Mm. Touching him? Mm, putting spices on him, laying his broken body in a tomb, which three days later will resurrect for you. Question on the floor this morning is: Which Nicodemus am I? Let's pray, Father. This morning, you have showed us a beautiful picture of the fan. In the American church today, in the follower. The fan can come to church and always knows they're talking to the person next to them. The fan doesn't have to serve other people, will. The fan doesn't have to tithe. There are a lot of wealthy people in this church. The fan doesn't have to do anything. Just a secret. He doesn't want to be affiliated with this. But the follower, oh yeah, they're all in. They may get dirty sometime, but at least they get to play. Father, today you're asking the church which Nicodemus are you? Are you the Nicodemus in John 3 or are you the Nicodemus in John 19? His desire, the king's heartbeat, is for you to start out, yes, like John three, but oh that you would transition to John nineteen quickly. And so today, you may be John three. You may be seeking a relationship with the Lord. You oh, you, know, you know about church. You even know how to sit and what to wear but you've never met the king and he's never changed your life and you've never been born again. And you know today if you walk out of this place and you happen to have a blowout on I-40 and run off the road and get killed, you're not going to go to heaven. You don't have to walk out not knowing that. You can meet the king today and you can walk out born again. Maybe you're born again this morning you may be more like chapter 7. where well, Your peers really don't know it, but it's time for you to stand up at the table and speak on behalf of Jesus. It's time for you to stand up at home and speak for Jesus. Maybe you're verse 19 or chapter 19, or you're all in. You're all in. Wherever you find yourself today, church pray you say yes to god whatever he says to you if you need to come this morning you'd come if you need to confess that i, don't, I need to do more than verse seven i need to be like i mean chapter seven i need to be more like chapter 19 but god whatever you say when we say yes to you today maybe you're a family looking for a church home and you feel god's drawing you here you come this morning but this invitation, it's not my invitation, it's God's invitation. And so, Father, I just pray that you would draw your people today and we would say yes to you. For it's in your name, I pray.